right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, sorry, I'm just laughing because I just thought about um, I just thought about the title that I'm going to give this episode, and also some ideas I had for the thumbnail. Um, let me know what you guys think about these things. I don't know. Uh, I just do them for fun. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. I didn't put an episode up last week, and I apologize for that. Um, but thank you for all the messages that you guys sent me reminding me that I didn't put an episode. I know, guys, there was no episode, and I'm sorry for that. Um, there was a lot of things happening last week. Many of you, again, messaged me to remind me, hey, by the way, are you going to be talking about you know this and that? Um, I didn't last week, all right? We established that. There was no episode last week, and I'm sorry for that. But um, we're going to catch up on those things eventually, uh, especially one thing. And we're going to talk about that in this episode, that specific thing, because I think it's pretty important. Um, uh, it, it's a pretty important thing that happened in general in Quebec, uh, in Quebec politics. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Get your opinion on it. I've definitely shared my opinion on other episodes. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that famous swearing allegiance to the king that is part of the oath that MNAs here in Quebec need to say as part of their oath in order to sit as MNAs. Uh, I don't know how many episodes we, we we spent talking about this. I don't know how much saliva and how much energy I spent uh, on this specific topic, but it's important to talk about that because what happened last week I think is very important in Quebec. Now, what exactly happened? Finally, finally, a bill was tabled at the very beginning of this new session that started late November, and it was voted on and passed last Friday, abandoning that section of the oath where MNAs have to swear allegiance to the king and making it optional. This is huge. Okay? Now, how did we get there? In case you haven't seen all those other episodes, which I'm surprised if you are because there are so many. We've spoken about that so many times. Let me bring you guys up to speed. So we had an election here in Quebec in the beginning of October. As soon as that election ended, there were two parties, namely the Parti Québécois and Quebec Solidaire, that both didn't get enough MNAs to, 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 to cross that threshold to have enough criteria to one be recognized as a as an actual political party uh, in parliament uh, and they both came out claiming that they did not want to swear allegiance to the king as part of their oath and that posed a huge problem because the rules that uh, you know that, that were in place at that time required every single MA to swear allegiance to the king in order to sit in the house uh that caused a huge uh, a, a huge story uh, and everybody was pretty much anticipating the beginning of this new parliament session that happened in the end of november to see exactly what was going to happen finally the quebec solidaire they caved in they said look you know what if these are the rules we're going to abide by the rules just so that we can get into the parliament and sit and eventually be able to debate if necessary and definitely vote on this bill that we want to table. Um, so they did finally swear allegiance to the king. They were all able to sit in the house upon uh, the new session opening. 
Parti Québécois, however, stuck to their guns. There are only three, of course, but still. They believed in it. They stuck to their guns and they said, you know what? We are not going to swear allegiance to the king and we are going to sit in the parliament. They tried. They were refused entry into parliament, which was exactly what the last speaker issued as uh, as a statement right before he you know, stepped down as speaker of the house. And he pretty much said, listen, if you do not swear allegiance to the king, you cannot sit in the house. And he even authorized the sergeant at arms, if you guys remember that episode, to intervene in case they were to come into the parliament to remove them from parliament, which is exactly what happened in that first week. There was no violence. There was no altercation. There wasn't anything extravagant. But the PQ, and I think it was mostly for show, because all the cameras were there, all the media was there, they actually attempted to get in, and the sergeant at arms met them at the door and said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. And they all, they, they all turned around and left. So what happened on the very first day when Parliament opened, on the 29th of November, immediately there was a, tape, uh, there was a bill that was tabled by the CAC, the governing party, uh, to examine uh, this issue. And it took two weeks because that's how long this session lasted, right? I mean, it's a very exceptional situation because there were elections. So the new session only lasted two weeks and it closed last Friday because of the Christmas break, the break for the winter holidays. Um, so it only lasted two weeks. But within those two weeks, they accelerated the whole process and they managed to pass that bill on Friday, last Friday, which was the last day before the parliament closed for the Christmas break. Keep in mind now for these two weeks, Every single member of the Parti Québécois, which again, there are only three, could not sit in the house. They didn't swear allegiance to the king. And the, the new speaker of the house decided to respect the statement that was made by the previous speaker. So what does this mean? First and foremost, um, this is a huge victory. It's a huge victory, I think, for the Parti Québécois because it's something that they've always wanted. They've always wanted. But... I'm confident that this is not only a victory for the Parti Québécois. This is also a victory for a lot of people at the, uh, over at the Liberals. Definitely Quebec Solidaire because we knew that they were in the same boat, right? They didn't want to swear allegiance to the king. And they, they've been saying this for the, from the very beginning, ever since the first uh, member of Quebec Solidaire was ever elected in 2008. They've been hammering that consistently. But I'll go as far as to say that Several members of the CAC, which is the governing party, also believed that this was a useless uh, uh, procedure during the oath ceremony. Now, just for your information, in case you didn't hear those last episodes, I'm not the biggest monarchist either. Now, I never said that I was for the swearing allegiance of the king. All I said in those previous episodes was that there's rules in place. At least respect the rules, and once you sit in the house, table the bill pass the bill, get what you want, and from, from that point forward, things will change. Uh, so I wasn't upset at the PQ or Quebec Solidaire because they wanted to remove the swearing allegiance to the king from the oath ceremony. I was upset that they were so adamant about breaking the rules that were in place. And the thing is that, well, look, we saw how things work. They tabled the bill, it passed, and they're happy, and there's a lot of other people happy from other parties as well. So to go back now, this isn't only a victory for the PQ. I think it's a victory for a lot of sitting MNAs in Parliament. And I'll even go as far as to say uh, that it's a victory for a lot of the members of several parties. Um, even though many of them were kind of reluctant to coming out publicly 
and saying these things, right? I mean, I can't imagine 10, 15 years ago, anyone from the Liberal Caucus coming out and saying, I hate the swearing allegiance to the king. Nobody ever bothered saying that. I, 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 they were definitely afraid. So that's why I'm giving credit where credit is due. The Parti Québécois stuck to their guns. They brought it out. They fought for it. And they made it happen. And the amazing thing is that they made it happen while not even sitting in the House. That's how much pressure was put on, not only to the government, but to the other parties as well in, uh, in, in the National Assembly, uh, to actually get this bill passed really quickly. And I think it was very intelligent for them to stick to their guns and not sit in the House, because that pressured the other parties of actually getting this done quickly out of respect to these colleagues to have them come back into the house as quickly as possible so that they can work so they so they can get their work done as well despite the fact that they're against each other i think in general we can say that there's this respect between the colleagues um and i i honestly think that that move that the pq did actually pressured the other colleagues in the house to move on this very quickly which exactly which is exactly what happened um now the other reason why I think this is a huge victory isn't only from a party basis, right? I mean, we know that PQ and the Quebec Solidaire didn't want this. Several members of the Liberals and the CAC uh, obviously didn't want this either. So, yes, they won. But this is a huge victory for Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon. Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon is the new leader of the PQ. And let's be honest here, guys. Even though he managed to get himself elected during this campaign, which was like this stroke of luck because there was all these circumstances around a candidate um, uh, from the, the Quebec Solidaire that had to step down. Uh, anyway, let's give him credit for winning his riding. But in general, the last campaign was a defeat for the Parti Québécois as it was for the Liberal Party. It was, it was a much bigger defeat for the Liberal Party than it was for the Parti Québécois. But the Parti Québécois did go from eight MNAs down to three. Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon, even though he won his seat, which is probably something that people didn't really think could happen, and it did, he can't really come out and claim that, you know, this election was a positive one, a good one for the Parti Québécois. It wasn't. So Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon needed to come into this new session and make a bang. He needed to, 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 to collect a couple of victories so that he can look back to his members and even to his caucus and say, guys, not only do I belong here, but at least I can secure my position as leader of this party because of these little victories that we went and got. One of those victories is this, uh, is this bill that he didn't table himself because obviously he wasn't sitting, but because of the pressure that he and his colleagues put on to the government, a member of government, of the CAC, it was Jean-François Robert, he tabled that bill and it passed. So this is a huge victory for Paul Saint-Pierre Plamondon. I think that he needs to accumulate a couple more like this so that he could tell himself, you know what, the election wasn't good, but at least my position as leader is safe for now, right? At least he can tell himself that for the next mandate, let's put behind us the fact that it was a miserable defeat, this election, and that we can move on to other things. This is that, that one first step, and you got to give him credit for this. Um, it's a victory for him. The other thing, the other reason why I honestly think that what happened in Quebec is important is because there is no doubt in my mind that this is going to spill over 
in Ottawa, the federal government. No doubt in my mind. Now, before I tell you the reasons, let me just explain to you guys that this isn't the first time that Quebec really, you know, takes this step forward on, you know, separating itself from the monarchy. And this is something that a lot of people don't know. There have been steps made in the past that have put Quebec kind of on a separate playing field when it comes to, you know, all these procedural things with respect to the monarchy. One example is, and this is something that a lot of people don't know, whether you follow politics at the federal level or in other provinces, you're probably accustomed to having the governor general, if it's in Ottawa, or lieutenant governors, if it's in other provinces, on the first day of the new session of the new parliament session, they always give what we call the speech from the throne. Now, whether it's in provinces again with lieutenant governors or in Ottawa with the governor general, they go to the throne, the 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 the, the, the speaker's chair, and they deliver this speech from the throne. And in that speech from the throne, obviously, they outline the mandate that the government needs to um, to look into in you know the given mandate right four years two years three depending this always happens uh in quebec however it's been a while now that this isn't the case there is a moment at the beginning of every uh, legislature where the lieutenant governor gives a speech but it's a very blanket statement just congratulating everyone reminding everyone you know whatever it's it's a boring speech it isn't a real speech from the throne the real speech from the throne that outlines the priorities of the next mandate it's the premier it's the premier himself that actually reads that in his speech so we are we're already doing things differently in quebec than the rest of canada this is a very little known fact <clears throat> in quebec so the lieutenant governor in quebec does not outline the priorities of the mandate in his or her speech from the throne it's the premier that always does that uh, and that's been established i don't know how long ago this has been like this but it, it it's been quite a while now so already there have been these steps but this is a huge step this is an enormous step now why do i think this is going to spill over at the federal level because they're looking at the leadership that quebec has taken on this issue they're seeing how it passed unanimously in the National Assembly. And don't forget that in Ottawa, there are quite a few people that are representing the voice of Quebec sitting in Ottawa. Namely, over 30 members of the Bloc Québécois, the separatist party in Ottawa, who I can tell you for a fact are going to take this bill that just passed in the National Assembly and they're going to have a lot of fun with that in Ottawa. They're going to pressure their colleagues up in Ottawa to probably follow the example of what happened in Quebec. And the reason why I think it may actually work in their favor is because I know that there's quite a few people over at the Liberals, the federal Liberals in Ottawa, that will probably agree with this. Not so sure about the NDP. Maybe some, you know, some won't. But, you know, the NDP federally is traditionally close to the monarchy the big question mark now is the conservative party in ottawa now with all the priorities that are lined up for poilev to challenge this government in this new mandate and there are quite a few i really doubt that challenging this issue is in the top five or even in the top 10 so i don't even think that he cares enough to challenge this issue 
So I have a feeling that if the Bloc Québécois really pushes, so that we're talking about over 30 people over there, there's probably quite a few in the Liberals. I'm not so sure what's happening over at the, the NDP. I'm almost convinced that probably no, uh, nobody from the, the Conservative Party is going to vote in favor of this, but they're really not going to make a big stink about this in Ottawa. I have a, I have a, you know, I have a hard time believing that they're really going to go to battle to defend the swearing allegiance to the king when they have all these other issues to worry about. So I honestly think that this is going to spill over in Ottawa. I don't know if it's going to pass or not. I just don't think that this is an issue that everyone is just going to focus on so much that it may actually pass. People are, you know, the, 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 MN, the, the MPs up in Ottawa might say, you know what, we don't have time for this, whatever. It's really not important. Look what happened in Quebec. Nothing really changes. Let's make it optional. Let's evolve. Let's move forward. And let's get this, you know, let, let, let's get this over and done with. Uh, now, if that actually does happen, symbolically, it's a big thing. It's a, it's a big move. Uh, I'm not so sure that the same thing is going to happen in the other provinces across Canada, but whatever, that, that, that doesn't really matter. Um, I just think that what happened in Quebec with this bill is very important. I think, obviously, it, it already made waves across Canada. It is going to spill over in Ottawa as well. I am curious to see how this is going to evolve over at the federal government. I don't think anything's going to happen now before the holidays, but coming back from the holidays around end, you know, January, end of January, February, whenever they start up again, uh, that's probably going to be one thing on my radar. I have a feeling that Bleu Québécois is going to make this their battle horse, and um, it, they're probably going to put that on top of their priority list or in the top five. Um, so looking forward to seeing that. This is going to be a short episode, guys. I have a, I still have a little bit of a sore throat, which is why I didn't put an episode up last week. Um, getting slowly better. Give me a couple more days to heal, and uh, we'll be back with longer episodes in the next week. Until then, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to any audio platform you listen your podcasts on. Rate the podcast because it helps me, and I appreciate it. Thank you all so much. I'll see you all in the next episode. Take care.